0: We do, we do ask the Lord's presence and anointing and the Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning. It's good to worship together, even if we are few here, but, you know, bless those that may hear this later. And uh, Lord, speak to us, lead us. You know, one thing that I I thought about this morning is a story, and it had nothing to do with what I was planning to talk about this morning. It was uh, one time David tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, right? And then he did his whole thing with all this show and and a carriage, and the oxen carrying the Ark. And then the Lord was not pleased with it, and the ark was kind of falling off the cart, and Uzziah touched the ark, and he the Lord killed him. And David got angry and mad and fearful of the Lord, and he said, Let's just leave the ark there. You know, but at one point, you know, the place that where the ark was started being blessed. And then David decided, no, let's bring the ark to Jerusalem, right? It's the presence of the Lord. And then he did it a completely different way. And then I'm going to read this, a few verses here. Now, uh, 2 Samuel 6, verse 12. Now, it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, And all that belongs to him on account of the ark of God. Just the fact that the ark remained in that place in the house of Obed-Edom, you know, there was a blessing. And David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. But now he did it differently. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six faces, six steps. It's not far, right? Six steps is nothing. His sacrifice an ox and a fat Then they would take another six steps and sacrifice and worship. And take another six steps and sacrifice and worship. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might and David was wearing a linen ephod, like a, a priest and he was not a priest, right? So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the trumpet. Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michal The daughter of Saul looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. And then the story goes on. But what is interesting to me here is that I don't know about you. I have some, like in that book that I read at one time, Divine Mentors. I I have some mentors and one of them is David. <laughs> because he knew how to change. I tried this first time. It didn't work. I'm going to do it now in the fear of the Lord. With a heart of worship. I don't know if they were like. Making sure that every six steps. The Lord was still pleased with them. You know and just moving carefully. And, and, and what is interesting to me here is also. How. We deal with the Ark of the Lord. In one sense. We are. Each one of us. Is the Ark of the Lord. Each one of us carries his presence. And that's what I want to talk about here. In moving forward. How do we relate to one another. Okay. I love this. This is from my class on creative conflict management. And I'm going to read a couple of quotes from this class. And at one point, this was used in one of the lectures saying, the significant challenges that we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. This is Albert Einstein. The problems that we have today, the challenges that we have, the the conflicts that we have, were created by a way of thinking, by a way of relating, by a way of carrying the ark. You know, but if we want to be able to actually bring the ark of the Lord to its final destination, we're going to have to try something different. We're going to have to change. Right? To have, you know, like we heard so many times. I think it was that said also. But we we read that from uh, Stephen Covey. You cannot keep repeating the same things. And expect a different result. If we want a different result. In our relationship with the Lord. And one another. We're going to have to try something different. Right? So. Let's. Sunday, I read out of Malachi, and I'm I'm going to read this again: Malachi 3:16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and I think that that's where we are. We are, right? It's time to speak to one another. And then I, I brought that up last Sunday. Maybe they were not speaking to each other. Or maybe they were not speaking in the right way. They were not relating rightly. Right? And then you get the result that you get. So they spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who feared the Lord. And who esteem his name. So we, I also talked last Sunday about the The covenant. Of God with his people and the Ten Commandments. The first commandment is like between you and the Lord. And the last six commandments, is like how we relate to one another by love, right? And a lot of people may think that we have, we need a, to solve problems. I think that what we really need is more love. Because the problems are not going to go away. People will continue to be people. Conflicts are not necessarily negative. They, they can be used for growth, for maturing. What we really need is the heart of the Lord for one another. You know, so, and by this, John thirteen thirty-five says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And then he continues, I mean, verse before, 34, it says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So, take a pause here and say, what we really need is more love. What we really need is a way to find how to carry the ark. In the way that the Lord wants us to carry the ark. It's starting it started by yourself. How you carry and how you treat yourself. How you deal with yourself. How you receive love. And then how after that you are able to receive love from the Lord. And love your neighbor as the Lord loves you. As he has forgiven you. A lot of the problems that we have with forgiveness here. In our relationships. It's just because we are not receiving from the Lord first. A lot, of the, a lot of times what we are doing is exactly what the Bible says. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. <laughs> you know, and, and if you're angry and mad at yourself, you're going to be angry and mad at your neighbor. You know, but the Lord is going to help us. And here is, you know, one of the books that I, I just read is really interesting. And it's talking about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not a a location. It's not the way that we imagine. The the kingdom of God is a place where his commandments, his reign works. The principles of the kingdom work. You know, and that's, you know, what Jesus is saying here. I'm giving you a new principle, a new commandment. Then you love one another. You know. So you want to. Oh. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Love one another. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. That's it. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is relationship. Actually. You know. So Philippians 2. 1 to 5 says. Therefore. If there is any encouragement. In Christ. If there is any consolation. Of love. If there is any fellowship of the Spirit. If any affection and compassion. Make my joy complete. By being of the same mind. Remember. The churches. Were a mix of people. (laughs) Rich people. Poor people. Slaves. Free. Gentiles and Jews. And they were having conflicts. Conflicts were happening all the time. Because there were differences. There were conflict. And Paul is dealing with the conflict. And he's giving the answers and the principles. How to, to relate to one another. So if there is any consolation of love. If there is any fellowship of the Spirit. If any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for you your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus basically he's saying love as i have loved you that's john 13:34 love and relate to one another as i have loved and relate to one another to each one of you So, the covenant, God choosing a people for a gathering, or we could say the ecclesia, which ended up becoming the church. But what God was looking for, it was not an institution. He was looking for cells of people that would become like an embassy. You know, an embassy. I remember being really young and going to the American embassy in Rio for the first time. And it was, wow, I am in a different country. You know, the the police officers, are they're like from the Navy or Army from America. You know, and pictures of the American president all over the place. The laws from Brazil did not apply inside the embassy, because they It was a different as if another country. So what God is looking for is not an institution that bears the name of God. But it's a a place where people are going to walk in the principles that he establishes. That they're going to relate and abide by the commandments. By the the laws of the, the kingdom. Does it make sense? So the covenant of God with his people is based on relationships. And when we relate to one another in love, we create an atmosphere where He is the Lord and King. And I think that that's what we're looking for. Lord, we want to be in a place where you're going to, when we talk to each other, you're going to hear it. And you're going to be paying attention. And then you're going to go, oh, now, now I can go, and write a memorial. Now they are doing it right. Now they are carrying the ark in the right way and because they are making me, me the center. They're not making each other the center. They're not trying to compete who is more important. But I am the center. And because of that, everyone is treated properly. In this class, and I'm going to have to explain this story, this little parable. This, my, my teacher used this parable and it's like a mother getting to the kitchen and the two daughters are fighting, right? They're fighting because they, there's only one orange and they're fighting over the orange. One, one is the Jews and the other wanted the peel to make a cake. Right? And then the mother just got mad and just split orange in half. And gave half to each one. But then none of them had enough juice or the peeling of the orange. And a lot of times we try to solve conflicts just like being, okay, let's be equal here. And just put a law and a line Understand, and that's it. Instead of just asking, what is your interest? What is important for you? And then if, if you could just, instead of just splitting the, the orange, just ask, okay, also oh, so that's fine. You, you don't want, you're not looking for the same thing. So actually, there's no conflict. We can find the, the interest satisfaction where everybody is. In a win-win situation, right? Doesn't it so? He says this is called uh, creative conflict management. So it's this book. The parable of the orange emphasizes the difference between strife and conflict. A strife is purely negative, while conflict is not. Conflict which is normal, natural, necessary, and neutral, can energize, sharpen, and mature us. However, strife is destructive aggression, which emerges from discord, misunderstanding, and refusal to listen for interests and needs. So, discord is not good. (laughs) But to turn discord into a conflict that can be creative, we need to be able to carry one another, listen to one another. Or like Philippians says, uh, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own Interests. So Paul was looking for interest satisfaction. Right? And a lot of times you know the issues were should you keep the Sabbath? Should you get circumcised? And it's like that's not the point. The point is love one another. Keep the unity. Right. <coughs> so strife is destructive aggression which emerges emerges from discord. Misunderstanding and the refusal to listen for interests and needs. When we listen for the interests, we are validating who matters. We are validating who each one is. We we are validating the person, the personhood, the identity. Because we are focusing on the person, whereas. Prioritizing the attempt to solve the issues and a hand validates whatness. You, you know, you're making the problem the focus, not the people, the relationships the focus. Whereas, yeah, okay, whereas prioritizing the the attempt to solve the issues at hand validates whatness by focusing on the problem. Asking who is to blame or what caused this is a defensive and accusatory perspective. It is reactionary rather than relational. This paradigm of conflict emphasizes problems over people. And God is not as much looking at the problems or the sins or the differences and diversities and varieties of gifts. He's looking, how are you going to relate? How are you going to love one another? Right? Continuing from the same book, in other words, church members are not projects to accomplish or problems to solve, but are rather Those who carry the image of God, they are the arts of the covenant. People are valuable because they are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and are therefore deserving of love and attention. The Father is committed to supplying every need and therefore concentrating on identifying interests and needs is a godly way of being. I'm going to repeat this. Concentrating on identifying interests and needs is a godly way of being. When we choose to react instead of listen, we choose to blame instead of applying the grace of God. And then we pay the price of loss of intimacy, health, vitality, well-being, happiness and satisfaction, freedom and self-expression, and passion and creativity. If we want vitality in ourselves and our communities, we cannot lead by dominating or avoiding, by justifying ourselves and invalidating others. We have to ask the Lord. Lord, give give us your love. That's why so many times in this epistle, Paul is saying be patient. Forbearing. Put up with one another. Don't start fights. Don't start like, you know, confusion. Because the, the differences are going to remain. The conflict is not bad. The differences are not bad because everybody can grow. You know, and and we are to grow. By that which every joint supplies. You know, and and, and we talked about that. You know, the right hand is not going to tell the left hand what to do. Each one is connected to the head. So everybody will have that relationship with the Lord. But we're going to learn to function together. Okay? So... In thinking about this, you know, the Lord has been speaking to me a lot the last couple of weeks about David. Again, like I said, he's one of my mentors, right? And David had a way of being so careful. Of how to relate. He made many mistakes and he learned how to be careful, right? Right? after he, you know, several people died because of his mistakes. Thousands of people. When he did the census, you know, a lot of people died. But he learned. You know, and then I think that when he he was being persecuted by Saul, and he had been anointed king, and he had the chance to kill Saul. But he didn't. You know, and it says in 1 Samuel 24, 6, so he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord. He's still calling Saul his Lord because he's saying, Far be it from me because of the Lord, capital L, that I should do this to my Lord. The Lord's anointed. To stretch out my hand against him, since he is the Lord's anointed. Now, guess what is the Hebrew word for anointed here? I don't know. Messiah. Nah. Moshiach is the word for the anointed. That's what me, 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 Messiah means. Messiah means the anointed one. So, Each one of us, we are his anointed. Each one of us are carriers of his presence. Each one of us are a little infusion of God on this earth. It's probably little m, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So the, the Hebrew word for anointed is Messiah. And Saul was wrong. He was lost. He had even, you know, the, the, the anointing had left. The spirit of the Lord had left. But David is still related to Saul as the Lord's anointed, Messiah. We are all anointed. We are all carriers of the image of God. Whether we think somebody's right or wrong. That's why, you know, Jesus said. You know, when talking about the commandment, do not murder, right? The commandment says he said, if you're angry at your brother, you're a murderer. You know, you're dropping that ark. You know, and, 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 and there you know, because I'm watching how you relate to my anointed ones. So this is important, right? This is uh, because if we want the Lord to hear our conversation, like Paul, like He promised in Malachi, then we have we must have the same attitude. I'm going to read this again. The significant challenges we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. Now, this book that I, I read, just going back to this, two quotes that I read from uh, this book on creative management is by Dr. Wes Pinkham, just for the, the recording here. This other book that I'm, I'm referring to, Divine Mentor, he uses this uh, acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P. And it says, uh, it means scripture, observation, application, and prayer, right? And I think it's interesting that we end with prayer, because we cannot change ourselves. We read the scriptures, we read Philippians talking about having the same attitude, and then we made some observations of how we are supposed to relate to one another. And that comes to, now, application. How do we apply this? What can we do to change this? You know, and, and I, I, I would love to open for discussion, you know, because I, I, I think that this is very personal. And I think it, it depends on our prayer and our taking the communion, which is the enabling. Otherwise, we cannot change ourselves. And we, we, we need His peacemaking. He, we need His shalom. Actually, I was thinking about that. and It's like, blessed are the peacemakers. Because they will be the sons of God. They will be called the sons of God. And do you want to be called the son of God? That's how we, we're going to be called sons of God when we're in the business of peacemaking. Of reconciliation of promoting the oneness, not division, not discord, not touching the Lord's anointed Amen yes.